0: This podcast is brought to you by New Hope Baptist Church. For more information, visit the website newhope.net.au or follow us on social media. Today, as we continue our Advent series, we're looking at the theme of love. Our reading from Hosea is a vivid, tender passage where God's portrayed as a loving parent to a child, the nation of Israel. A child, of course, who God loves and who God chooses out of all the nations of the world as his treasured possession and whom God delivers out of slavery in Egypt. What happens next is as old as time. In the child's quest for independence, the child rebels against their parent. Turning from the loving guidance of God, their parent, the children of Israel, go their own way. God says, the more I called them, the more they went from me. I'm sure that's a statement many parents can relate to. There are moments when it feels like the more you reach out, the more support you offer, The more you try to come alongside, the further away a child retreats. Every time you take a step towards them, they take three steps back. Every word you offer results in a deeper silence. With every hand you extend, your child is harder to reach. After every knock on their door, the door is more firmly closed. And sometimes what adds insult to injury is that it's not just that the child is no longer looking to you for guidance and support. They're looking to someone else or something else. In the case of the children of Israel, they rejected the loving ways of God, their father, and foolishly worshipped Baal. Although Baal had never loved them or rescued them out of slavery or delivered them into a land flowing with milk and honey, they put their trust in him. It is devastating. It is heartbreaking to watch your beloved child mistakenly place their trust in something or someone you know is unreliable and will lead them astray. Something or someone you know will ultimately hurt them and leave them in great pain. And just like any parent in this situation, God is heartbroken and cries out in pain and rejection. God says, I was the one who taught them how to walk. I took them in my arms. I led them with cords of human kindness, with bands of love. I treasured them. I tended to their every needs, lifting them to my cheek in joy, bending down to feed them, and now my children are acting like none of that happened, like none of that mattered. The problem the prophet Hosea names for us here is that in our rebellion, in our quest for independence, we orphan ourselves in the world. We walk away from our fundamental identity as children of God. We reject our birthright as image bearers of God, our loving parent. We spurn God's tender, loving kindness and seek to build a self outside of the identity we've been given as children of God. Outside of the safety and security of God's steadfast love that will never leave us or forsake us. And how do we do this? Well, we orphan ourselves in the world by taking up self help projects that have no power to lead us anywhere but back to ourselves. We orphan ourselves in the world by seeking affirmation and approval in the eyes of other people to the point that we lose touch with who we are. We orphan ourselves in the world through the pursuit of endless achievements that lead us into a life of constant performance anxiety. That's the problem. That's the problem God names through the prophet Hosea. The beloved children of God have chosen to orphan themselves. And the consequences are a life of fragmentation and anxiety and striving that wears away the human soul. When we turn away from God, we turn away from our God-given humanity and we orphan ourselves in the world, setting ourselves adrift on on the sea of life with no sense of true north, no vision of a real, robust, life-giving destination. We're left simply to survive as best we can as the waves and the squalls come our way. And God, our loving parent, watches our our orphaned lives that are storm-tossed with tears streaming down his face. I knit you together in your mother's womb, God says. I've loved you with an everlasting love, but the more I call to you, the more you went away from me. I can't tell you exactly when it happened, or exactly what it was that tipped God over the edge. But after watching person after person orphan themselves in the world, God chooses to mount an intervention. And that's what Advent is. It's an intervention. It's a last-ditch attempt by a loving parent to rescue his orphaned kids once and for all. Because while we might have walked away from God, God has never walked away from us because God's persistent, stubborn love just won't let us go, not without pulling out all the stops, not without having tried absolutely everything. So the most unprecedented move in history is God showing up in person on our doorstep, not as a king, not as a powerful political figure or even a military general. God shows up as a vulnerable baby born in nowheresville to teenage parents. God shows up in human flesh and he moves into our neighbourhood so he can make his appeal to us face to face. So we might see with our own eyes and hear with our own ears what it means to be fully human, living a life that fully expresses the image of God that is our birthright, We call it an incarnation. John tells it like this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Well, if that's the problem, that we turn away from our identity as God's children and orphan ourselves in the world. God's solution is to stage an intervention. Like some love-crazed parent, he shows up in person on our doorstep to remind us of our birthright, to help us to remember who we really are and to be reconciled back to God, our loving parent, and to finally come home, to come home to ourselves and to God. And what are we meant to do with this? How are we meant to respond? Well, we need to trust it. We need to trust it. We need to trust the loving grace offered to us by God. We need to trust in our birthright that we are the beloved children of God. Because when you boil it all down, each one of us is faced with the same choice. You're either going to reject anything to do with God and choose to exist in the world as an orphan, seeking to earn and perform the self-esteem and significance and self-worth in the world through self-help or approval or achievement, or you're going to accept that your significance and your worth is a gift of grace, a work of God's love, part of your birthright. As a human being created in the image of God, I really hope that you can hear what I'm saying. Either you will spend your life fighting each day for a sense of self worth through your own efforts or in the eyes of others. You will spend your days asking, Am I good enough? Am I successful enough? Do they like me? Do I like myself? or you will get off the roller coaster of acceptance and rejection and success and failure and fall into the arms of a loving God who has already embraced you as his beloved child. Who says, my child, I have already done the work. You have been saved by grace and this is not of yourself. It is a gift from me. Can you hear what I'm saying? It's not about what you can do. It's about what God has already done. And because God has already done it, it can't be undone. Like the children of Israel, you too have been liberated from the slavery of the self, of creating a self and performing a self in the world to be deemed worthy. You've been set free, set free from all of that. Of course, it takes a lifetime. It takes a lifetime to fully receive this grace, to let it sink in, to let this grace do its work in you until nothing is left in you untouched. And you don't receive this grace once. It's too big, it's too wide, it's too deep. You keep receiving this grace over and over and over and over again each and every day. But it all starts It all starts with trusting it. Do you trust it? Do you trust that God's great intervention in the incarnation was the decisive rescue effort for orphans like you and me? Do you trust that God's grace is enough in the midst of the storms and squalls that will come your way? But most importantly, do you trust that being a child of God is who you really are. Do you trust it? Let me end with a story. Early one morning, a baby was born to a teenage mother in a small town in Queensland. After carrying the child for nine months, this young woman never set eyes on the baby she had laboured to give birth to. Because she'd signed a piece of paper giving the child up for adoption, the baby was immediately taken from her. It's not what she wanted to do, it's what she felt she had to do, to secure the kind of life she wanted for her child. For this young woman, the decision to relinquish her child was an act of love. A family friend was a nurse who worked at the hospital where she gave birth, and she told her that she'd given birth to a baby girl, the young woman named her baby Debbie. And she carried this, this secret in her heart for many years. Orphaned baby Debbie was adopted by a couple in the big city and they welcomed this new baby into their hearts and their homes and they showered her with love and with every ounce that they had to give. They didn't know that this orphaned child had been given a name. No one did. So they called her Katrina. I'm telling you this because I understand what it means to be orphaned. Some of us are orphans in the world by our own hands and others like me because of the decisions of others. Until I met my birth mother years later, I carried two stories within me, two narratives I could draw upon to shape my identity and build my life upon. There was the narrative of orphaned baby Debbie, unwanted, and relinquished, and the narrative of adopted baby Katrina, wanted and loved. Looking back now, I realise that the choice I made to see myself as either orphaned or adopted has been decisive for my life. I know that if I had told myself over and over again that I was abandoned and unwanted, It would have distorted my entire life by continually scratching at a wound that would eventually have stopped me from receiving the love of my parents, but not just that. It would have stopped me from receiving any love at all. I chose to trust the narrative of adopted baby Katrina, that I was wanted and loved, and it has made all the difference. Now, you might not be adopted, but you too might contain multiple stories, different narratives that you could draw upon to shape your own life. Or you might not have been orphaned, but there might be parts of you on the inside that feel like they are, parts of you that you've abandoned, parts of you that other people have abandoned. But here's the thing, I want you to hear this Advent In Jesus, God has offered to everyone the ultimate narrative that exists in the universe, that we are all God's infinitely loved children. And my hope is that you will trust it, that as much as you are able each and every day, you will seek to trust it. Because if there's one thing I know, it's that learning to trust it will make all the difference. Amen.